0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 425 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd joining you here. Todd, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing fine. You know, Live, waiting to do some comic book talking.
1: I'm all discombobulated because my podcast recording schedule is all out of sync. Oh my goodness, and I know how you love change. hmm And then it's going to change back to the way it was, but at least I have my Wednesday to myself as this episode drops. Thanksgiving Eve, amateur night, call it what you will. This begins the big thing of all these, uh, the shopping days of Christmas. How's your Christmas shopping going, Todd?
0: Um, I have one or two gifts, but not many. I, you, I do wait until after Thanksgiving to start grabbing stuff. Right. How's yours
1: going? Almost done. All right. Yeah, we had a birthday we had to shop for this past weekend, and it, because the birthday party is in two weeks, and April's like, we should do this while the getting's good. And then while we're sitting here, we're like, Alright, let's figure out the list. Let's get everything done that's not already done. Need to get something for you for the annual gift exchange, but
0: I need to get something for you.
1: You're someone I could just find like a dusty thrown away old scarf for a Fez.
0: <laughs> that's put it right. in a
1: box and hand it to you and you'll be fine.
0: You could you could have uh you could have a Fez sent to me by a teleporting robot. So. Whoa,
1: let's not get ahead of ourselves, Todd. <laughs> Save right. that for the end for the T V part where people Don't care about the TV shows that we talk about. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But we actually have a very stacked up show today. This is probably one of the busiest news week cycles uh, that we've had in a while. The lighter uh, convention schedules. It's as though people are doing things like spending time with their family this weekend and don't want to go to uh, comic book conventions. But if you are staying home, of course, we'll tell you about all the digital sales and freebies going on. We'll also talk about some of the books. Uh, that we read from this past week, including Mr. Miracle number 12, and a book so hot, it's been scrubbed from the internet. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. can't find
0: it knows where.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More on that when we get to that, and maybe in the news segment as well. What we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd's Art Attack, uh, and of course, what we watched uh, TV-wise this past week, with the most recent episodes of The Flash. The Legends of Tomorrow and The Doctor Who.
0: Right. Well, the Flash is last week. So the most recent as this comes out, we haven't, uh, discussed yet, right? Right. We have that wibbly wobbly timey wimey when
1: it comes to the Flash. Exactly. Flash happened. Right. We're, we're, we're a week behind on Flash. Gotcha. Right. 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 So uh, again, I guess we could start with the biggest story. uh, I would think is the book that we discussed here on the show. Uh, when the first issue came out, a book kind of fell through my cracks, fell off my radar. Uh, written by Jerry Dugan with art by John McRae, Dead Rabbit. Uh, first issue came out, Todd mentioned it, checked it out, really enjoyed it. Uh, issue two came out this past week, and then all of a sudden I see news coming out that Image has put through a mandatory product recall of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently, in New York City, there is a bar that is called the Dead Rabbit Bar. Something like that. Right. And they filed a cease and desist and a $2 million lawsuit against both Image Comics and Forbidden Planet comic book retailer. I guess maybe one of the bigger retailers.
0: I guess especially and they're in New York where the uh the bar is, so I think that has something to do with it. Right, but so I'm not a lawyer, so the
1: reasoning behind it is is not simply just because the name is similar, but as part of you know, it's a hey listen, I've never been to the place and I don't want to cast aspersions on it, but it's a little bit of a nouveau hipstery type bar. Mm-hmm. And as part of their menu that they have, they do their, men, their menu as a comic book called The Dead Rabbit Mixology and Mayhem. Uh-oh. So that's why this is happening. Um, Todd, has anything like this happened in recent memory?
0: No, I think this is the only time.
1: Right, so can... obviously the creators have been silent about it. Um, you know, I don't think McRae or Dugan have said anything online about this. It's a creator owned book, of course. Uh, we're going to talk about issue two a little bit later on, but image has scrubbed it completely from their website. Uh, I don't think you can get it on comicsology anymore.
0: And they've asked all the, they've asked all the comic, uh, retailers to send the issues back, which they will quickly do because they're not exact, they're not hot on eBay right now or anything like that. Mm. And those, there was ash cans that were from C2E2 that are selling for a chunk of money now or being asked for a chunk of money. Mm. But, uh, I, I find it, I, the thing that's going to make me sad about all this is I really like this book, spoiler alert for when we talk about it later. Um, but it, it just seems like something like this, all right, you can, if they, they go to lawsuit or if they decide to give up and change it, uh, just that those two issues have come out dead rabbit so you have to change it do you re do you re uh print the first two issues under a different name and then keep going from there do you change it or do you just give up and i'm worried cuz i really enjoyed the first two issues of this that i don't know if we're going to that if it's going to be worth it for them to keep going do you know what i'm saying yes and it seems like something that could that that sh- sh- not not could but really should derail this book so, I don't know. I just, I think, I think it's a bit of a crazy lawsuit, but I also think in this world of Google, when you're going to create something, you should probably Google what you're going to do and see if there's anything that could trip you up. But I did Google it and Dead Rabbit is an Irish, uh, is an Irish, uh, gang, American criminal gang from lower Manhattan in the 19, and 1850s. So, I don't know other than the, the 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 bar having a comic book menu thing, drink menu, I don't see how these two are the same thing.
1: Right. So a, a couple of things of course just kind of backtrack with it is uh it's not selling for an arm and a leg just yet on eBay. Uh only about, you know, you're you're looking about $14 is the average meet, like $12 to $14 is the mean price of either issue 1 or 2. And of course variant covers fetch a little bit more. Uh, as you had mentioned, the... Ash can. The ash can, of course. And then, of course, now those menus, the comic slash menus from the bar itself are now fetching a couple bucks as well, but... Nothing CGC slab just yet. I think that's where, uh, those types are gonna uh, cash in on this, you know?
0: I wonder if they have a deal with Image that if you send them a dead rabbit, comic now Mm -hmm. dead rabbit issue that they have to destroy it because you know legal issues
1: right or what if like you're in transit like your book was sent before this happened
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. could be bad joe could be (sighs) bad
1: and then the other thing of course with this is i think uh news sites had reported that there may have been an issue with this you know going all the way back about six months so it's not like this should have been a surprise uh, to image or the creators of this book or anyone like that. Mm-hmm. Because apparently when this book was initially teased or first spoken about at conventions, the, uh, the folks from the bar contacted image, you know, with uh, trademark stuff and whether it was ignored or they thought they could win the battle or whatever it is, Uh, apparently Image feels strongly enough that they will lose because they're recalling the issues.
0: Oh, I guess. I don't know. That's, I mean, it's just a crazy case uh, of a good book, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Right. Now, speaking of solicitations, the February solicitations have trickled out this week. I really haven't gotten a chance to peruse them. I always like to have my, uh handy-dandy spreadsheet at my fingertips, and I'm (laughs) separated from it this week. So I was sweating a little bit as these were coming out, but there was an interesting thing that was noted to folks, as with DC, they're doing another crossover between Flash and Batman, which was successful with the Big Button event that they did, where it kind of led into Uh, the Doomsday Clock sort of stuff, but it was noted that the two Batman issues are not being written by Tom King, but they are being written by Joshua Williamson, the Flash writer. Uh, when questioned about this, Tom King said, this is just a little bit of a break, uh, from what he is currently doing on the book for one, to let Williamson tell this particular story, I guess, leaning more on the Flash side of things as opposed to the Batman side of things, but also it's giving him a little time to work on a, quote, as he put it, secret TV project. Mm. Now, he had recently sold a pilot to something, whether or not this is what it is, or maybe it's something that DC has him working on going forward. Uh, Lord willing to have someone like Tom King working on your... Other media projects I think would be very helpful. Um, Right. He sold an hour-long pilot called States of America. Um, Recently, whether or not that's what he's going to be working on or otherwise. Uh, And he had said also, just from his tweets here, he said, For anyone keeping track, I always said that I'm doing 103 issues of Batman. And that's a hundred of my own issues. So does that put, push my run back to issue 105 now? Hmm. Uh I think the story I'm telling will still end at issue 100. This will just give me a couple extra issues to wrap things up.
0: It'll all probably fit nicely in trades, he said, too, now. Mm-hmm. So, um... I, I, it works for me. If he's gonna do a hundred and three issues, a hundred and yeah, a hundred and three right, a hundred and three Batman stories, and due to a, a series, he needs to break for two issues. Like that's the greatest. That's one of the best streaks in comics right now. <laughs> You know, like so, I'm fine with it. Let them do it. You know, let let them do the Flash crossover. They they literally, you know, a lot of people like that Batman uh, Flash crossover from before that went into Doomsday Clock. You know, you could literally say they button hooked you with that story. But if they have a, I think it's gonna be a kind of a sequel to that with Joshua Williams. So. I'm fine with it. I'm going to look at it as more of a Flash story that crosses over into Batman than right. an actual Batman story. So it doesn't hurt anything to me. And I read Flash and Batman. So it all works out nice. I don't have to pick up any extra books.
1: Right. And again, I, you know, obviously I was just pointing it because I think this was, I think we kind of knew that there was a definitive timeline that Tom King had for his book, but for him to come right out and say, like, I had a hundred issues ready to, you know, that's what my run was going to be. Uh, now does that push it back to like 103 or 105? And then the secret TV project that he's working on, of course.
0: I'm interested in the CV, C-CV, the secret TV project. But I, I like, because we, we always, I think we even did talk about it in the past, is that it was hinted that he had a, a solid hundred issues in this story. Cause I think he even said like when 50 happened in the marriage thing and everything, he's like, everybody relax. We're, we're, we're at the ex- almost the exact halfway point. And I'm like, ooh, a hundred issues. I'll take a hundred issues of Tom King on Batman. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. And I want, I want to see what his TV show is because I'll probably give that a try too, so. But.
1: Right, and I think, I know we didn't cover it, but he was on uh, Jimmy Fallon or one of those type shows.
0: I watched it. He was on like the Seth Meyers show or whatever it was. Go. And it shocked me because I even mentioned it on here that he used to work for the CIA. Mm-hmm. Which like blew my mind,
1: so. Right, so it wouldn't be a DC seg uh, section of the news if we didn't talk about canceled things that they've <laughs> solicited. Right. Now, granted, this these are not things that were in my purview, or were on my pull list. There are definitely interesting items. Um, you know, one being the pre-Batman Detective Comics uh that they were doing like two slip cased omnibuy of
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i could certainly understand why that got canceled i could possibly count uh on one hand and still have enough fingers left over to pick a pickle off my uh hot dog <laughs> the people who pre-ordered that my grandmother liked pickles but yeah um i I'll didn't just ta- hear that before <laughs> I, uh, nobody's
0: gonna hear that <laughs> but uh I just look at it as, and especially with DC's track track record with Omnibuy, Joe, and having pages, you know, different, you know, put in in the wrong order, and whole word balloons, you know, missing, um, I think they should cancel the, the, the Detective Omnibuses.
1: Right, now the other two that were cancelled were uh, Alex Ross and Paul Dini, Shazam and Wonder Woman hardcovers. This is strange to me because one, these are two properties that you're having movies come out next year. Mm-hmm. And like Alex Ross, like is a pretty comic book artist. That's an eye grabbing type of thing. You know, if you have people coming to your shop looking for Shazam or Wonder Woman stuff and you have something that looks like what the work Alex Ross does, I don't know. I think this is those two, uh, are real noodle scratchers. That's why those would be canceled.
0: Can I throw out a maybe as to why that's happening? Go for it. Because Alex Ross seems to, and I'm not saying he went exclusive, but he's being exclusive at Marvel right now, doing all those covers for, like, Hulk, Captain America, blah, blah, blah. And I know when certain big-time creators go to other companies fully and don't do any more work for them for a while, they're like, pull all their work off the shelf. We're not promoting Do you know what I mean? I've seen it happen a thousand times. Mark Wade isn't working for us. Don't like right now. We're mad at him. Don't publish anything that he's doing. And and granted, it'll come around again. But it just seems like whenever somebody does that, when they switch allegiances for a little while, they pull their work, and even though it would seem like a no-brainer to have a Captain Marvel, uh, a Shazam, I'm sorry, I don't want to get sued, Um and Wonder Woman, Alex Ross thing, it would be a no-brainer to, to have them out there on, on the shelf. And I remember those, those were like over, like treasury size, so I, I would hope they would print them treasury size too, but... Uh, I, I would like to see them come out, but that's the only thing I can think of is why they they, they have pulled the rug out from under those.
1: Right, and again, that does make sense, but it's not like – if it was just like Best of Alex Ross where he was the focal point of it, mm-hmm. and it is his work, of course. It's his work slathered on the cover and all inside and everything, but – and I could see if it was not two characters that you have movies coming out for in 2019 – Right. I, I might bite the bullet on that one and write him a little bit of a check.
0: I agree. And I think when we did that black label stuff last week, Joe, was Kingdom Come not on it?
1: It it, it was on it.
0: It was on Okay. Then that doesn't make sense.
1: Right. So say anyway. Like a, that part of it, like I could, I could get what you're saying. Right. But you could even go so far as to say maybe slap a movie variant cover on it. Right. And make Alex Ross's name smaller on the cover
0: right so i don't know why they're doing maybe maybe it was like a pre like a they they weren't getting many you know bites on it or you know people looking into it right so i know a lot of times they've canceled stuff over that too so
1: right and just before we get into the little bit of marvel stuff that there is right um i i want to mention we're talking about dc we're talking about the movie stuff uh, did you see the final Aquaman trailer that came out?
0: No, I was at the shop today with, uh, with our good friend Tom Duranik and he was talking about it, said it looked really good, the final trailer.
1: Okay. Did you see it? I did. And? I liked it! I've I, seen- I, It ahead. looked enjoyable. Uh, yes, it still feels very much like you took Black Panther and Avatar and mash them together, mm-hmm. but this was a fun, it looked like a exciting trailer to me.
0: I don't want that in my DC Cinematic Universe movies, Joe. I want neck snapping, I want, you know, heroes fighting for no reason, I want, I don't know. I, I'm with you, I, I don't want to see the trailer for the last one because... I'm pretty much knew I was going to this movie regardless. Mm -hmm. So, you know how we've always talked, we're that way about trailers and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to see too much. I'm actually surprised you watched the
1: third one. Well, there's a reason why I did. I was just going to ask, did you need like a bump to try and get you to go? Well, no, but a tweet came up on my timeline of Mark Millar, comic book uh, creator and so forth. I don't know if you saw this in your perusing of the internet.
0: I did not see it, but go ahead. All right.
1: So, Mark Millar uh, put out two tweets about this. Right. Saying, my Irish pal Jim O'Hara sent me the Aquaman trailer this morning with a note describing it as an expletive for the eyeballs. We can't say that word on the show. Uh, Hopefully, WB Pictures uses this as a tagline in the marketing, question mark. (laughs) He then says... I have a good eye for comic art and movies that'll click. And I'm telling you now, Aquaman will be the biggest box office in DC history. Dark Knight Rises did 1.08 billion worldwide. I'm guessing this does 1.2 billion worldwide. To which I'll... I said, "I got to see this."
0: And did you think it's going to make 1.8 whatever billion?
1: I'll are looking to have a $75 million opening weekend and then see a, st- a steep decline after that.
0: Okay. I don't think it's going to beat uh, the Batman – the Dark Knight Rises. Was that it? Uh, yes. I don't think it's going to beat that. But uh, I don't know. I think it's got some – you know, I think it's got some legs, some sea legs, Joe. Oh, my goodness.
1: What? But we'll see. Right, so the only other thing that wasn't in the show notes, but it kind of came out in between everything from last week, uh, was that a bunch of Jeff Lemire stuff uh, was getting picked up and optioned into TV shows and movies.
0: Right, was it the Black Hammer stuff?
1: Black Hammer and Sweet, Sweet Tooth both got Ooh. picked up.
0: I have the perfect actor for Sweet Tooth. Oh, you do? Yeah, uh, so you Wish think he phase. might be
1: too famous? I can
0: he's he's so famous he's infamous oh.
1: and I think but, we discussed that Gideon Falls already got picked up uh right. but like I said Black Hammer got a deal for tv and a film right and uh Sweet Tooth got picked up for tv I I
0: did you read any of Sweet Tooth
1: yes I did I enjoyed it
0: I did too I never got to finish like scalped reasons f- uh Popped up that I never got to finish Sweet Tooth or Scalped, so I have to go back and do that someday.
1: Uh not a knock on Sweet Tooth by any stretch of the imagination, but if you got time for one, I would do a uh, Scalped first.
0: I'm I'm with you.
1: Mm-hmm. So Marvel news, uh, we have the official official announcement. We knew that it was coming. That the Jason Aaron Thor crossovery thing with War of the Realms is going to be Marvel's big—I don't want to say summer event because the summer events for the comic books have moved up in the schedule, just like the summer movie schedule has moved up. Whereas this event is starting in April. Uh, Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman are the—you know—I guess they're doing like the separate book. And I'm sure it'll cross over in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I only bring this up, of course, because in the press release, it uses words (laughs) like unparalleled scale, where no corner of the Marvel Universe will be untouched. Right. And then it goes on to say, you know, creative team. uh, And then again, harkens back to relating it to the most recent uh, Hickman Secret Wars thing, which is a good thing to do. Which is what? Which is a good thing to do because that was probably the last uh, – and it was the first in a long time and the last good Marvel crossover that they've done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's going to be two issues of the crossover main book a month. It says spanning six issues over three months. We'll feature all of the biggest heroes, so on and so forth, and many more, blah, blah, blah.
0: So, the, uh, so that's the number <laughs> that we're, we're starting with right now.
1: That's the is number that... in the time frame. I'm making a little – hang on. Wait one second.
0: That's right. I was going to say. a
1: little note for myself book it, because I have to do it on pen it. and paper. Because like in in three months, when this right. book schedule has changed, and the two of us like dum-dums are like, where did we see that?
0: <laughs> right. And or when they add extra issues and change the end November
1: twentieth, two thousand eighteen. <laughs> Ten <War> eleven. <laughs> of. The Realms will be six issues over three months. And we're going to revisit ago? this. And
0: what three months, Joe?
1: In, it says it, it's going to be six issues over three months.
0: It doesn't say what month it'll start. It
1: starts in April.
0: Okay, so it'll be April, May, June.
1: Starting... April, right, like. and this is the, the this is the sort of thing where, uh, kind of like how that Avengers standoff thing was like the precursor to Civil War, mm-hmm. or uh, Secret Empire, Secret Empire. That's mm-hmm. what it was, the precursor to. I have a feeling with this being the April event that there's going to be some other summer event that this is really going to lead into, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fact that they're doing so much hyperbole up front. Uh, I think it's going to be once April comes around and we see the announcement of what the real Summer Crossover is, it's going to be like, ah Sassafras, what'd you guys sell us on, right? So I'm putting this inside the Doctor Doom mug head that I have on my desk.
0: Uh, I know what they're going to do. They're going to crossover.
1: Doom, you keep an eye on that.
0: Yes, Doom, Doom will protect that. But, uh... I know what's, what it's gonna be. It's gonna lead into a big cosmic older, and you know how like they, they have the legacy names and stuff like that that they like to use? So I could see War of the Realms crossing over with the Realm of Kings from Annihilation and it just being one big War of the Realms of Kings and just be like, just get it all in there as a secret War of the Realm of Kings. (laughs) Just keep adding
1: stuff, piling it on top. Right. Throw a siege in there.
0: It's just like so, a big
1: long name of all the crossovers that they've had,
0: right? Everything ever, that they've ever done, and just 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 trail it out, and they'll make a billion
1: dollars. And we kid because we love. It's Jason Aaron. It's technically a stealth Thor crossover, uh. And if it's gonna get a little bit more pub because it's crossing over with all of your favorite Marvel, all of your favorite Marvel heroes, and many more then by all means, if it means that it gets more people reading Jason Aaron Thor, by by all means, do what you got to do, Marvel. Just uh, I, just stick to those uh, six issues and stick to that three-month <laughs> time frame, huh, pal?
0: Keep the ending the same. Uh, but I'm with you. It's been seven years that Jason Aaron's been on Thor, so I think you can have, like, now is the t- you can have a big event after seven years. It'd be different if it was like, oh, here's two months, a Thor giant crossover. Mm-hmm. So good luck to you, everybody,
1: on this book. Right. And last but not least would have to be – we're talking about Marvel. We're talking about big events. So, of course, we have to talk about pricing. I got button hooked last week with their legacy numbering nonsense because mm-hmm. I had – you know, we always say in the poll post, uh, make sure that you're forewarned and forearmed. And I look and I see, oh, Avengers number 10. Okay, it's Avengers number 10. But it's really Avengers number 700. What? And how by them be... saying putting the little tiny thing that says legacy number seven hundred, that means they could charge five ninety nine for that issue instead of three ninety nine.
0: Yes, they did. I don't understand how a book can be a ten and a seven hundred. It just that's the seven hundred club I don't want to join.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh... <laughs> what? He- heaven needed Heaven needed an Avenger. Oh boy. Anyway, so with the much delayed Fantastic 4 number 5 that's coming out, which is actually legacy number 600 maybe, <laughs> 700? I don't know. Uh it was already going to be a uh 40-page story. It's now going to a 72-page or 72 issue book going from 5.99 to 7.99.
0: Oh, perfect timing too.
1: Because Uncanny X Men number one just came out, and that went to a second printing at seven ninety nine for a new number one. And I tell you, we were lamenting here when they were doing all those new number ones, and all the new number ones were double sized. And the first issue of Fantastic Four that just came back, it was you know it was double sized. It was five ninety nine. Okay, we get ya, and. It sold well, I'm sure. It did pretty good. I don't know why the books are late these days. Dan Slot's not on Twitter, so it's tough to keep track of his wheelings and dealings like it used to be in the past. Ah, But uh, when you're doing a new number one and you're making the price point so high, you're begging people not to check your book out. At least what? I would think. But or... the sales would trend otherwise.
0: Here's the thing. All logic says this is a bad idea, right, Joe? But why do they keep doing it? They must be making money. They know something we don't. I don't get it either because, like, when I found out that Avengers 10 was 700 and I was like, you're getting me again? And, like, and, you know, the salesmen and the creators that have to push this and the editors and things like, well, you're getting more pages and you're getting this and you're getting that. And I'm like, yes, it's not like I'm getting – you know, a six ninety nine, a five ninety nine dollar a book, and I'm still only getting the pages I got in three ninety nine. But after a while, it's just like, like how like, how many times can you keep getting me? And with the legacy numbering and going back to the old numbering, it, it's like having your cake and eating it too. And I am I'm burnt out on it, even on the books that I'm loving, because you never know unless you keep a meticulous spreadsheet of issues you collect and their prices, you have to write their prices. in now is you never know when you're going to get your fingers, like, you know, wrapped with the ruler over a seven 99 book. I'm, it's like, I'm dreading picking up my Marvel books. Cause I'm like, is it a three 99 book? Is it a four 99 book? Is it five six Is it seven ninety nine? I don't know. I, I just, I can't keep track anymore. Joe.
1: Right. And, and I'll say this as well. Um, I didn't really get a chance to dig into the solicitations, as I mentioned before, but I guess in February, alongside of the normal Avengers book, since they had that success with the big uh, crossover where they just took all the Avengers adjacent books that they were printing at the time and not canceled them, but whatever the creative teams on those books, and then just did this big giant crossover as an Avengers book. Mm -hmm. They're doing the same thing again in February, but this time it's not replacing the existing Avengers book. It's going alongside of the regular Avengers book. And already you're mucking with the pricing and you're mucking with the numbers and now you're adding a second book on the month. That's a great way to get me to stop reading your book. What? You're not going to buy more of them? Uh, Again, I know it doesn't work on... Yeah, like we are the minority when it comes to these sort of things, but this is a great way to get me to read less. Just because my pocketbook can only handle so much, you know?
0: I'm with you. I mean, now, granted, it's going to be tough to, to stop me from buying an FF book now. Sure. After so, so many years. But if you're going to do this with Avengers, and you're going to do this with other books that I get... I'm really gonna trim down. Like, like, isn't it a matter of time before we get another legacy Spider-Man issue or whatever? So yes, I, I, I totally get what you're doing, and it would, it would, because I could get, I could get two other books. A lot of, you know, I can get two books for the price of what you're doing every once in a while. Right. I, I don't know. I'm with you. It's, it's crazy, and I don't even know. With adding more pages, is it like at six ninety nine for seventy two pages or whatever? Are you? Does it become you make more money the more pages you add and add the prices? Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like I would like to know how much they make off a three ninety nine book, a four ninety nine book, a five ninety nine book because they keep making them six ninety nine, seven ninety nine. It's like oh, if we do this, it's four dollars profit on a book instead of one dollar
1: profit. I, I don't know. I I think it's a money making scheme to tell you the truth. <laughs> and and to close out this segment, <laughs> Todd. When did comics become a business? Oh, we
0: gotta get shirts that say that.
1: Right. Don't if only we were up. hucksters and just put anything, any dumb thing that we said on a shirt, uh, and
0: Hux-tamania. sold it, exor-
1: and sold it, sold poor quality versions of them at exorbitant prices.
0: Oh, uh, we could do that.
1: We'd have our well. Never mind. I'm not even gonna continue down that. That's for another show.
0: We could but, be huckstomania.
1: Oh, brother.
0: Okay.
1: Ah, uh, but. Uh, there are some conventions this weekend if you're done with the turkey and done with the shopping and whatever it is and you want to go and enjoy some more comic bookery. Uh, there is a convention in Boxboro, Massachusetts, entitled the Winter Northeast Con, where Peter Laird is going to be there, as is Billy West, uh, Ooh. very famous voice actor and uh, also uh, the voice of Marge Schott from The Howard Stern Show. <laughs> Uh, the Chicago Pop Culture Con. Uh It's more of a pop culture thing than, you know, comic book thing. But Butch Patrick is going to be there.
0: Monsters. Mm-hmm.
1: And now I, I have to tread lightly here because Dutch Comic Con is happening this weekend in Jaburist Ertik. Okay. In the is Netherlands.
0: That, I was going to say, where is, right? is that happening?
1: Right. So there's a lot of local folks. Uh, surprisingly, not a ton of people are traveling to go there on the comic book side of things. Uh, however, Charles Martinet, who is the voice of uh, Super Mario and other Mario characters. Uh, Gaten Matarazzo, uh, who is uh, Dustin from Stranger Things, is going to be there. Ooh. And uh, this will be a reference for the longtime listeners of the show and for Todd as well. Uh, someone wearing a Richard Dean Anderson mask will be there as well. Oh, really? Yes. Good for him. So links to those conventions. If you're planning on heading to the Netherlands as well, tell uh, Richard Dean Anderson that we are the MacGyver podcast of record. (laughs) (laughs) And you scold me sometimes. Yes. Uh it's listen, it's the holiday weekend. I'm finally getting over a cold.
0: oh, you're punchy.
1: I am punchy uh all the links to those conventions will be in the show notes for this as will links to soon to be named network at soon to be named network dot com soon to be named network dot tumblr dot com or anytime time any of the shows in our network conglomeration of ideas and people and so forth uh put out a show or appear in another show and they remind me that they're on another show uh It'll go up on the site. You can check that stuff out, of course, whether it be this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, where we're at the announcement of the penultimate movie in the soon-to-be-named movie project. This choice by Todd, of course. Uh, Puzzle Warriors 3, uh, I think Profane Argument and At Odds with Wrestling were early this week because of the holiday. Uh, but no matter what the holiday brings... For more times than not, this will always be here on a Wednesday, and After Dark will always be here on a Friday. Oh,
0: that's how we do it.
1: That is how we do it. So, also some sales going on. Now, we're early in the week, and some folks have already rolled out their Black Friday sales, and as links are available, we will share them with you here, of course, Marvel, DC, uh, Dark Horse, they have Black Friday sales available. They're getting the jump on everyone because usually they'll roll their sales out on Mondays or Tuesdays primarily. I'm sure there will be more sales coming up for comics, uh, as the week gets close, as the days get closer to Friday for Black Friday, and then I'm sure on Monday, for Cyber Monday, there will be even more sales. Those two days fall out of our recording schedules, and those sales more than likely will be over by the time we record again. So keep your eyes peeled to that site. Right. Uh, the new digital freebies that they're offering to us uh, this week would be an Obi-Wan and Anakin comic book. I think this is uh during the Clone Wars that takes place on, so, you know, buyer beware. <laughs> even if it's free. Uh From the Ultimate line, even though they've kind of scrubbed the Ultimate serial numbers off the uh, cover of this, Submariner the Depths, written by Peter Milligan with apparently some early art by Asad Ribic. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Occupy Avengers, that was a thing that they did like two years ago. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, Marvel Team-Up number 1 from back in the 70s. Where uh, Spider-Man and the Human Torch team up, as the book would entitle, to take on the Sandman, not the oh. wrestling <laughs> entertainer, and Hydro-Man.
0: Oh, I'd like to see that. That um, sounds good.
1: Yeah. So those are our freebies uh, currently, and I'm sure there'll be more and more stuff rolling out as the holiday rolls on. But Todd, let's get into what we've read from this past week.
0: Yes. Would you like to start with Mr. Miracle. Yes. Mr. Miracle number 12, the end of a 12-issue maxi-series. I guess that's what you would call it. Because it can't be a mini-series at 12 as far as I'm concerned. Written by uh, Tom King and art by Mitch Gerads. Is that what we've gone I, with? I would guess? say
1: Gerards.
0: Gerards? gerards I don't know. We've said it both ways. Um, but this is the climax of the story of Big Barda and uh, Scott Free, who are, you know, Mr. Miracle. His story is he early on, he uh, attempted suicide. And then it's his daily life with his wife, having children and, you know, managing all of that while at the same time becoming the high father for new Genesis and waging war with Apocalypse against Darkseid for the anti-life equation. Um, s- some of the most crazy storytelling along with some of the most mundane, in a good way, storytelling. And this is the the final chapter, which really, like, and I don't want to spoil too much, really doesn't answer a lot of questions and is very open to, interpretation different people's interpretations and i have my own and i'm sure everybody who read this has their own and they are you know as as many as there are people the ways to look at this and i think that's exactly how the creative team designed this book to end and i don't know how what much more to say about it because it is a very Different ending to a maxi-series. Uh, what is your take on it? Okay.
1: I definitely think this book may have been hurt by delays. Right. I enjoyed it very much, but I definitely think to get the full breadth of the story that uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerrards were attempting to tell, this is something that needs to be read in one fell swoop.
0: Or at least Monthly.
1: Uh, so yes, a bigger at, gap. Least, at least monthly, but I think this is going to read much better as a collection. As you mentioned, this is the story they wanted to tell. Um, we had postulated that there might have been, and again, as, as Todd mentioned, so we don't want to give away any sort of spoilers or anything like that, but... We had postulated how this was going to kind of fit into the bigger collective of the Marvel uni- – or the Marvel, the DC Universe, good lord, Uh the DC <laughs> Universe. Um And it would seem as though not at all. It seems as though the DC Universe is just going to pedal on whether this book happened or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think that takes – under normal circumstances, that is something that could take away from a book like this. But it's such a strong book – that it doesn't. I think it does and can stand on its own. And, you know, we'd also postulate it as well as to what the theories of if and when uh, Mr. Miracle died and what's going on. And they kind of give you a little bit of information one way, the other, and a third way.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and, and- that's kind of sort of the thing. And I-, I would say that this leaves it open for a sequel, but I don't think it needs a sequel. I actually
0: think there shouldn't be a sequel, and but as we stated before, comics have become a business, so I could see there being a sequel. But I have, like, so many, like, takes on the ending of this issue um, that, I don't know, it's uh, very interesting. I think, basically, and this doesn't give too much away, is I think the ending of this book comes down to... All it is, is, is it afterlife? Isn't it afterlife? To me, the, the book is life. And that's it. It's about life. It has no beginning, no end. There were people here before us. There'll be people here after us. Comics, Mr. Miracle has people here before us and people here after us telling the stories and they go on and life, you know, as it is with the, with the person, you know, there's, you know, Stories to be told in our lives after we're gone and before we're gone. I don't know how to explain it. I just look as a mundane telling in a fanciful way, just a normal person's life. If that makes any sense. It does. So I don't know. Everybody should read it and you can make your own
1: assumptions about it. Right. This is something that I wish was finished sooner. Not so much the fact that it would have read a little bit better, but the fact that the full collection would have been on the stands for Christmas.
0: It's so it's not going to be?
1: I don't think so. Uh, I, thought I, can it cer- w- I can certainly check.
0: I thought it would be. I have a feeling that they're going to have this out pretty fast. A version. A nice, big, thick, expensive hardcover for Christmas. I don't know. That's my take on it. Nope. All right. Joe's uh, right once again.
1: Pre-order says that it'll be in stores, uh, according to Amazon and Diamond, just to double check. uh, Not even the hardcover, just the trade collecting the whole thing, February 19th.
0: Oh, just uh, not even in time to give your loved ones on Valentine's Day.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. This makes a great President's Day gift.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. uh, I'm more of an Arbor Day guy myself, but... I'll try to give it for President's Day.
1: There you go. So the other book uh, that we read from this past week was something that we had mentioned back in the news segment, the opening show tease, which was Dead Rabbits number 2. And again, I got no link for it because it's been scrubbed from the Internet. Like it didn't exist. But it does exist. Uh, written by uh, Jerry Dugan, art by John McRae, as we talked last week. A uh, big heist guy, unknown who he was, made a big score, and then 20 years ago went away. And now on the 20th anniversary of him going away, he comes back. And he starts to draw the ire of the people that it was believed that he had his last big score on. And it's still unclear whether or not he did or didn't. I'm starting to believe he didn't. Well... I'm starting to believe he didn't either. Mm-hmm. But it certainly is a mystery that someone did because that money is gone. And people want to find it. And people want to find it. And he's the hottest subs- suspect. First issue ended with his wife, the woman who we find out uh in this issue that he left the life of crime for, has fallen ill. The medical bills have now piled up. So now he has to go and try to do a big score. So he attempts to implore employ the use of his old wheel man who (laughs) ain't quite what he used to be
0: (laughs) oh boy the old gray mare
1: (laughs) so uh i really like this book and it's sad that it's going away forever apparently
0: I was sad too, because with this issue and how the heist went and how it went, went down. And then, like you said, the, the, did he or didn't he do the big million dollar, uh, hi, millions of dollar heist and everything. This is, this is a book that has a very hit manny feel of the, uh, Garth Ennis, McCra- uh, as the artist on this, John McCrae. uh, feel to it and I loved I loved it and I love the first two issues. I want to see where it goes. Hopefully they'll be able to either win their lawsuit or just if they're going to change the name of the book, just do it and hopefully we can get back on track as soon as possible.
1: Right, one would have to assume that like there's no reason why they couldn't just change the name of it mm-hmm. to something else. Um even if they change the name of the book to name name redacted. Right. That's worked before. Mm-hmm. Not in an instance like this, but unless there's some part of the book that it pays off that his name is Dead Rabbit,
0: right? That maybe there is a thing to the Irish gangs of the 1850s, right? And we so, don't know,
1: um, right? But I I would say just you know I mentioned before they just like on that Submariner book, they're giving away for free. It was an Ultimates book that they just scrubbed the Ultimates name off of. Just mm-hmm. scrubbed Dead. Rabbit off this, name it something else, and you're good to go. And just like Jimmy Palmiotti said all those years, every retailer, every person that is part of the mandatory recall when they send those books back, Image is just gonna write a new name on the cover and send you your book back.
0: There you go. That would be fantastic. <laughs> and Jimmy'll change the numbering if you need.
1: Sure. Uh but yeah, again it's 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 tough because it's a book you can't get no more.
0: Mm-hmm. But, well, I have them because I bought them.
1: Right. And I have I, them too because, you know, I'm a guy who gets stuff.
0: That's right. And I look at it as you're going to have to pry my dead rabbit out of my cold, dead hands.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the image goon lawyers come to your house knocking on your door because they track the receipts. Goons? <laughs> Hire goons. <laughs> but anyway. That's what we got from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, sometimes later, uh, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books. Be forewarned. Be forearmed. Know what's coming out. Be ready. Uh, the two things that Todd and I are doing here in calendar year 2018 is the one that we always do, which is attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, the other is the running dollar amount that I'm not going to be able to catch Todd on. Maybe he'll (laughs) be able to catch me. He's only behind by four correct guesses. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut reaction and say the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Batman number 59.
0: It is not Batman Fifty (gasps)
1: Nine. For shame.
0: The book I'm looking forward to most is Web of Venom Carnage Born Number One.
1: Oh my! Look at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Really been enjoying Venom, huh?
0: Um, no, I'm I I I've liked Venom, but this I want to see if this is tied into that. Remember when uh, what's his face um. Uh, the writer, uh, Donnie Cates was saying that like, oh, this venom, this carnage book, carnage born or whatever it was back then, uh, ties in and everything he says now, if it, there's a hint of a book that it ties in, it becomes hot. Uh, I just want to see where this goes. I'm not really a huge Venom guy, but I've been enjoying the, the book, uh, I don't know. And this issue one, these the one little offshoots have been pretty good so far. The the Venom one kind of hooked me, so I'm hoping the the Carnage born will will uh, will hook
1: me. You're doing your typical speculating.
0: Yes. Uh, is the book you're looking forward to most uh, Web of Venom Carnage born number one? No. Hmm.
1: What is it? Immortal Hulk number nine.
0: You do like your Immortal Hulks.
1: Boy, that's a good book. Yes, it is. And that's another one where, you know, we talked before about how Alex Ross is doing the covers, and typically an Alex Ross cover looks like an Alex Ross cover. You could spot it at a thousand yards. Right. While these are Alex Ross covers, he's doing so much different stuff with the coloring on the books. Right. And this is one of those books just in time for the holidays that if you saw this book on the shelves with that striking green for the Hulk and that striking red for absorbing man. Like there's no way that's not catching your eye.
0: Yes. So I do love a cover that pops on the, uh, on the, you know, the shelves.
1: Right. And I'm glad that they're given a book like this that probably isn't doing like, it's not getting multiple relaunches. It's not getting seven 99 books. Yeah, you know, but they're at, – Marvel's at least trying to make the outside of the book entice people to check it out. And I can only hope that the people who are checking it out because the covers look awesome are sticking with it because what's inside is really awesome, too. Yes. So while you're over at LongBoxHeroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done uh, comic book-wise, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes – ...of After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation. Todd and Joe have issues. And, uh, of course, there's a little smattering of Adam and I's at odds with wrestling in there as well... ...just because I'm too cheap to get a separate URL, as I say, every week. But maybe I won't be so cheap and can afford that separate URL... ...if people buy some shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them... ...from the aforementioned good friend of ours, DC Comics artist extraordinaire, Tom Dorinick. Or... If you've already purchased those things, we do thank you very much, and we also thank you for all of your purchases through our Amazon Click-Through, which it was a bunch of this week. It's almost as though the holidays are upon us, Todd. Oh, they are? They are. So, some of the notable purchases uh, through the Amazon Click-Through this week were Transformers Unicron number six, and... Venom number eight. Thank you, Jason, of Podvocacy mm. and Wrestling at the Edge of Tomorrow. You get a separate plug in here, even though you said you weren't going to plug us during your show, just because we made fun of hockey, which isn't a real sport. It's a game. Thank Is you it even her- a game? Right. It's it's a ice pinball, you say, right? Yeah, it's
0: oh. they're just out there skating around killing
1: ice. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I attempted to explain the Raiders are killing grass... Joke to my kid today, and he wanted yeah. nothing to do with it.
0: <laughs> I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: somebody also purchased the Blu-rays of Avengers Infinity War, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Ant-Man and Wasp. And I would say that is a person of discerning taste.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, someone also of slightly different, but also equally discerning taste, purchased the digital edition of the film Rats to enjoy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased Ravensburger, not, uh, Sad Scotty Flamingo, uh, the Castles <laughs> of Burgundy board game. That's one of them fancy board games, Todd, that come with all sorts of new rules and stuff.
0: Oh, I hope it comes with dice.
1: Mm-hmm. It comes with oh. multiple dice that have different pictures and stuff on them. Oh. Uh, I would
0: just like, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I would just like to have Andrew Dice Clay just tell you what you rolled. (gasps) You got a six.
1: Oh! Uh, Somebody also purchased a Samsung one terabyte internal hard drive, which is a nice and pricey item. Uh, Someone also purchased a box of six rolls of Scotch transparent tape. The red branded kind. I go with the green branded kind, but that's just me.
0: Somebody's bagging and boarding. Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody also purchased the Munchkin Easy Close Metal Baby Gate. That's one of those gimmicks that you put at the top of your stairs if you want to keep your pets out or your children in.
0: Oh, I thought that was a political scandal. Baby Gate.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased the Merrick Grain Free Senior Real Chicken and Sweet Potato Recipe Dry Dog Food. Mmm, sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. That dog must be eating that food, must be enjoying that food, because that's been purchased more than once. Now, this one I have to mention for two reasons. Somebody purchased the Core Nava BPA-free filter water bottle, and along with it, they purchased, and again... The Water Bottle Carrier with Adjustable Shoulder Strap, Universal Bottle Sling, Perfect for Daily Walking, Biking, Hiking, Going to the Beach, and Christmas Gifts Black Friday. Now, I've figured out why they do these, uh, it it just finally dawned on me why they have these (laughs) descriptions so weird like this, so they can hit as many keywords as they possibly can. No, Really? It literally just dawned on me as I was pulling this information, mm-hmm. uh, but I ask you, the person who ever purchased this, let me know how this water bottle works, because I was uh, recommended one of them fancy, wa- like, one of those, like, built-in filtration water bottles that a bunch of these sports entertainers use, Todd. Oh, okay. And apparently it don't work so well.
0: Well, isn't this the water bottle of said wrestlers? Because this is a core water bottle. Isn't that those those crappy shirts you're pushing all the time? Oh,
1: my goodness. First of all, mine are just as good as quality as the other ones. (laughs) Secondly, this is K-O-R, not uh, C-Asterisk-O-R-E.
0: Oh, so it's a knockoff to the knockoffs. Gotcha.
1: Uh, but let me know how this water bottle works, cause uh, I'm looking for a good water bottle that doesn't like leak all over the place, but has the filtration gimmick in it.
0: Mm, look at you wanting perfect water bottles.
1: Well, I'm, you know, I'd I like don't them want to my work. water bottle. I'd to like leave. them to do their desired thing, which is dispense the water when I ask for it, <laughs> and Hold. keep the water in without spilling it out.
0: Oh my God, those are two things that you're asking for.
1: Right, I think it's 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 a, it's a bridge too far on both accounts. Hmm. But thank you everyone who purchased any and all of these things through our Amazon click through. Todd, do we have any art attacks this week?
0: Yes, we do. Mega contributor Euronymous was feeling lazy this week. I think it has to do with all the trip to fan he's gonna be having this week in Turkey. Mm. And he put up a Royal Rumble limited edition print. Um uh you know, me, I love my my, my Royal uh my Royal Rumble stuff, so that was very nice. And I put up a Jeff Shaw Thanos sketch that I got at New York Comic Con. Um, I was thinking about it now. I got I got Thanos by him, um, and when he asked me what I wanted, I was like, the first thing that popped into my mind was Thanos. But I was I'm thinking now maybe I should have gone for a Cosmic Ghostwriter, but I stand by my 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 first pick and glad I got a Thanos because he's one of my favorite characters and he did a nice job. On It It was a quick sketch. It wasn't like a commission or anything like that. And I do like the fact that it's hard to see in the picture, but he drew it with like, you know, pencil, pen, whatever he used. And then for the eyes, there's like a glint in it. He used like a white uh, uh, paint pen or Sharpie or something like that. So it, it kind, of, you kind of your eye is drawn to it immediately when you see it in person.
1: I, you could you could tell from the picture cuz I was going to say my favorite part of that is the twinkle in the eye of mm-hmm. Thanos much like Santa Claus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And secondly, just like with your uh Wonder Woman piece from last week, I want to see the video of how he did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like I would want to see the video of how Jeff Shaw got it so it pops in a black-and-white sketch primarily done with Sharpie that he's able to convey through the printed medium a twinkle in the eye of Thanos.
0: Right. And like I said, I think it's a paint pen or Sharpie, and it's fantastic. So um, I thank him. Uh, I had a few people ask me like that they want to get Jeff Shaw stuff. He was doing a huge Spider-Man commission for somebody while he was in between doing stuff that looked gorgeous. I don't know if you know this, Joe. He can draw a
1: little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice guy to talk to, too.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So, that's all of them I think.
1: So, uh that I think covers the main show before we get into some TV talk. Yes? Yes, yes. Okay. So, uh we bid you adieu if you don't want to hear about last week's Flash and this week's Doctor Who and Legends of Tomorrow. Thank you for listening to episode 425. We'll see y'all next week. Have a good holiday. Be safe and buy us something through our Amazon click-through. Hmm. Okay. Where would you like to begin with the TV talk, sir?
0: Where would you like to start? I have no particular order this week.
1: Let's start with Doctor Who.
0: Okay. Good. To, good to know.
1: Okay. Doctor Who. The episode title, and I'm not going to yell it, even though there's an exclamation point <laughs> uh, in the title. It's Kerblam. Right. So, the doctor gets delivered on the TARDIS itself, a package from a creepy robot, not unlike those you would see in the Styx video for, uh, Mr. Roboto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the box is a fez. But also, written on the back of the packing slip is, help me. So, Kerblam is this universe's, I guess, analog for Amazon.
0: Right, it's Kerblamazon.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the uh, doctor and her un like not named as companions, they all have names, decide to travel to a matte painting that is posing as the <laughs> factory. <laughs> uh, I like that. Go ahead. Wherein they fudge the system, they get jobs there because part of the workforce for this and this solar system or galaxy or planet or whatever the hell it is that they're on. Uh It's 10% human workforce. Right. That's the quote. 10%, right. But strange things are afoot at the matte painting that poses for <laughs> the factory for not Amazon and Kerblam. And it's Kerblamazon. Up to the, uh, Kerblamazon. And it's up to the doctor and her plucky companions to figure it out. Right. I liked this episode a lot. Really? This is probably my favorite episode uh that i've watched of doctor who of this season wow i you enjoyed just... it uh i thought the character stuff was good with all of them i thought that the mystery and the red herrings were very well done
0: wow i am completely opposite
1: oh really this is okay.
0: my least favorite episode well, of the season of
1: course you're going to be the one that bags on my doctor who
0: <laughs> right <laughs> you are the doctor who fan of the show that's right uh, I'm daredevil your doctor who. Um no, uh this is something I think I I like a lot of what they did. I like the the red herring of uh what the dangerous thing is it turns out that you think it's the system uh going bad and it's not it's the system trying to save things it's one of the janitors who thinks the whole 10 percent workforce isn't enough and he's going to do some terrorist actions and in the end the one thing that that is the same in each of the packages that uh, is going to send out is bubble wrap and what does everybody do with bubble wrap as soon as you get it joe you pop it exactly well he creates this thing so when you pop it it blows up and it becomes a bomb I like all that. I like the idea. Doctor Who has done a lot of stuff with taking something very mundane and, and making it dangerous. A la the, uh, weeping angels. Don't, every, something we do every day. Blink. If you blink, you could be killed. Uh, I could go down the list of other stuff. There was a don't breathe where, uh, if you, if you take a breath, they could hear you and they would come for you. There's a lot of that. I think it was, poorly executed because i've seen this i think it's better for you because it's fresh uh where i've seen this storyline a lot of times and i've seen it executed way better and i think towards the end the whole thing of the kid he becomes too schlocky and doesn't even do a good job of being the bad guy I, i don't know there was stuff that i liked about it and there was stuff that i didn't but i think they didn't stick the landing on the reveal of the, the, the bubble bubble wrap. And that's, that's, and I'm not saying it's a terrible episode. I just have seen it done better. If that makes any sense.
1: My only complaint, I guess, if you will say is the mastermind behind it all. Right. Was not a good actor.
0: No, it was, he was, and I think that blew it up. And I think in a world of time-traveling police boxes, it was like, oh, I cooked all this up, and it just happens. You're like, you're a janitor. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they never explained, oh, he was a prodigy, he was this, he was that. He's just like, oh, by the way, yeah, like, they just completely glance over the fact he created bubble wrap that's like a ticking time bomb. And I know it's the future of everything. I don't know. I just think it was poorly executed when you found out who it was. And the other thing it was like, remember last week when we were talking about legends of tomorrow and it was like, we knew it was the handsome uh counselor all the time. I was like, it's not the boss. It's not the PR woman. It's either the janitor or it's the girl he loves. One of them is the bad guy. And I don't know. I just kind of saw that uh, like a thousand miles away. And uh, but I did like Graham as the janitor just being like, like, oh, I could slip a janitor could slip in anywhere. And he was like getting all the information he needed. And that I thought was the best part about it. And I did like the very, uh, like you said, the matted painting that they traveled to. I like the completely believable CGI, uh, Monsters, Inc., uh, uh ride that they took on the the conveyor belts and everything Ah, uh, that wasn't that bad comparatively
1: because i did watch all three of these tv shows back to back to back <laughs> right so uh i watched doctor who first and then i watched flash and then i watched legends of tomorrow and by the time i was done i was like Nah, those special effects in that episode of doctor who weren't so bad yep <laughs> So and just so you know
0: the the eleventh doctor was the one who probably ordered the Fez, but it didn't show up until the thirteenth doctor.
1: Right. I, I pieced that together.
0: And there was some other interesting stuff from past uh from times past. But it was uh, like I said, it's not the greatest I won't bag on I won't bag on Doctor who, so I'll only give it seven thumbs up. Like oh, I said. oh
1: my goodness. So moving along, let's go to Flash since uh they were off a week. Right, And uh, we get back into things. And I do like, uh, I will, so, uh, A story, B story, C story, D story, I guess? It was a lot uh, going on in this to episode. You'll have remind me, but go
0: ahead. But, yes, there was a lot going
1: on. Uh, Ragdoll. That's the meta in the episode. Right. Uh, that is the crux of what Barry and Iris are working on, but also they're dealing on the revelation from the previous episode where Nora lets Iris know that in the future she's a bad mom because she put a power-dampening chip in her. Barry is doing everything that he can to get her mind off of it, whereas Cecile is stealthily trying to show Nora that her mom isn't a piece of garbage. Right. Then we have, on top of all of that, the continued quest for Caitlin's father. And on top of that, we also have Sisko uh, has stigmata. Or something every time he vibes. So uh, also he might have a problem with some spectrox. (laughs) But there was a lot going on in this episode. Right. Um, That being said, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Uh, I I liked everybody's performances. There was some dodgy special effects when Ralph was doing his Spider-Man swinging through the city.
0: What dodgy? That's it. Dodgy. Fent-
1: dodgy at best, Todd. I thought I thought accidentally instead of watching the show, somebody had plugged in my PlayStation Two and I was watching something on there.
0: Right. Um. But you enjoyed the episode.
1: I did, and I do like that now. Ralph and uh, Wells have now have a better relationship. <laughs> Ralph calls him Shirley. <laughs>
0: Right, and Baby Giraffe.
1: <laughs> and Baby Giraffe. So there's your spinoff. There's your backdoor pilot for next season for the sixth episode fill-in Baby Giraffe and Shirley. And people are like, what is this? Is this some sort of Laverne and Shirley spinoff? Sure, it's, tune in and find out. I don't know. It,
0: it's the buddy, it's the buddy detective show. I would yes. watch the heck out of that. I
1: absolutely would watch the, the, the heck out of that. So you didn't like this episode?
0: No, I did like it. I had, I have two, I have two problems with it. Um, one is I love Ragdoll because they got an actual contortionist to do to do it. And he yes. did some cre- did some creepy stuff
1: because I was I'm watching it, man. And I'm just trying to see where, like, the CGI begins and the real guy ends. And then I fell down the rabbit hole of that dude's whole thing, which is fascinating.
0: Right. I didn't go look at that, but so I do uh, with, I do love all that, right?
1: The guy's name is Troy James. If you like all of his social media stuff is like twisted Troy. So right. uh have at it. You're gonna find some cool stuff. Right. So
0: I loved all that and I was with you. I was like, oh, okay, where does the CGI begin and where does it end? Alright, he's flattening his fingers with hammers. I'm gonna guess that's CGI.
1: so he sucks his face through a a vent in the wall sure right
0: i so that's real right gotcha so but as i'm watching i'm like okay i'm all in on ragdoll me and you famous famous you know uh, villain for us from secret six gail simone we love him everything about him is perfect i thought his powers were a little weird you know what i mean because like you said he could slip his head through a grate but they made him a metahuman that's all all possible where it lost me for one second, and I and I became a Joe Sposto nitpicker, a, a picker of nits, as as I've called you. Sure. It's when Ragdoll talked and Ron Simmons' voice came out. Oh, of- come on now! And I was kind of like, I always picture, uh, you know, Ragdoll as like this meek, like. I don't know what to say, like, like a squeaky voice out of them. Mm -hmm. And when this baritone came out of, out of, uh, Ragdoll, I was like, not the voice that in my head for Ragdoll. And that's the only thing. I was with just the character from the comic, but the character from the comic is different from the character in the TV show. But I can't disconnect two of those because Ragdoll was so good in Suicide Squad. That's the only problem. The other problem that I have with the show is, you know how we talked about Cicada and the, and the actor, they the choice they made to go with them. We'll always see him as the jock from uh, the, the American pie movies. Yes. The girl who plays excess. She's great. Don't get me wrong. She's a great actress. I've seen her in other things, but that's the problem. I've seen her in other things. I saw her in a TV show called black sales. And I think I may have talked about this on the show or at the shop with you where, she – I'm not sure how old Excess is supposed to be. I'm guessing like 18, 20, 22? I don't know.
1: Uh, I would say like 18 to 20, sure. Right. But – because there's always like that, oh, shucks,
0: I did – like did I do that Urkel kind of thing when she messes up? Because she's looking at her father like, oh – and she's kind of got like the, you know, the rubbing her foot, like the vulture from the old Warner Brothers cartoons. Like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, <laughs> okay – right i'm like okay you messed up but i've seen this girl play a much older prostitute in oh. black sales you know i've seen her you know completely unclothe joe oh, and do goodness. and do all these like terrible things like to to like s- screw people over in this in this pirate tv show and she's she plays so much older on the TV show that I can't, I can't see her now as this 20 year old, 18 year old daughter of Barry and, and, and Iris. And that's once again, that's on me. But in the end, like I do, I do like the show and I like her as an actress, but it's once again, I see her a certain way as, as, as a character and I can't see her, as this actor and that's on me again but otherwise I enjoyed the episode.
1: It that is true. It is on you. And uh, how foolish of you to have such a, a narrow-minded view of people.
0: Oh god, I wish I could be more like you, very open-minded. And don't let don't let little things bother
1: you when it comes to TV shows. That's right. Mm-hmm. So. so that leads that's very strange then that you say, so that you say that that they would cast an actress who has done um risky things on such a show.
0: Right. But, you know, that's what that's how it goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so last but not least was Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I guess your stories here. Your A, your B, your C is they have to go to 1951 to- Tokyo to inspire Godzilla for happening.
0: <laughs> yes, they do.
1: Uh, also uh, there's the stuff of Ray going to find, uh, what's-her-face, Nora DeHark, so that she can assist in removing the evil that's inside John or whatever he did to save that kid's life in the last episode. And then, of course, we have things going on back at the Time Bureau, and the wacky, uh, missing the Thanksgiving dinner sort of stuff that's going on, and we get the return of Gary.
0: Right, which is what we've all been clamoring for.
1: hmm I also like this episode this week.
0: Of the three shows, shockingly, this is the one I liked the most. I love it because they are at the point where they do not care anymore. Like, they know they're on the bubble and they're like, let's just do whatever we want. And, like, the acting and, like, the choices they make are all fantastic and brilliant and, like, just... Uh, the, the, the shape changer who's a Maya now, like she stops Torgamo with a brick, like a giant Godzilla, she's like, ah, oh, throw a brick at it and everything, she, like it'll be like, ow, you hurt me. I was crying, I was like, some of the choices, the fact that, uh, uh, Mick ends up, they end up using his book to fix his story, to fix thing with the three-breasted, uh, warrior, and he was Buck, I was like, this is This is a blast, and it ends up you know like you said, inspiring Godzilla uh I love it. The only thing that i that I find amusing at this point is like as as far as the choices that they're making with the acting the 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 dialogue the the all the choices that they make is as they do that they they keep cutting back on the on the fundage on the on the what they could afford to production values because has Adam had the costume on more than once this season? It's just Ray walking around in in tight shirts, looking really big next to people.
1: Uh they did do the outfit one time, but he has used his powers a bunch. But the full suit was only one episode.
0: Right. It just seems like that they are really cutting back on their uh, on, on on stuff. But the stories are getting better somehow.
1: Right. Very few wigs in this episode, sadly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, You know, of course, the, you mentioned Ray and the whole thing with Nora. Nora's afraid that if she uses her magic, that's the way that she's going to connect herself back to her father. Right. But they convince her that there's a good part of magic as opposed to a bad part of magic. And then that leads to her at the end turning herself into the Time Bureau after Ray gives her another opportunity to escape. So she's captured. So I'm sure she'll return at like some sort of season finale to help the crew.
0: Right, and now Mick has the magic book that can make your you know your art reality, and I'm sure that won't pop up again anytime soon mm-hmm. that will be I, oh go ahead that won't like you know that won't be to save the day at the end of the season that won't bring back uh what's the name of the Bebo that that's how they're gonna you know mm-hmm. or something like
1: that. Go ahead. So I was just looking up, it wasn't available before. I was looking up to see who the actress who played uh garima who Mick created. Right. Uh was, and she has no credits whatsoever, so I think she was cast just for this. Right. She's or actually she a, probably... she's a stunt woman, and I think, you know, they do like the big stunt performance there at the end. Right. So uh, you know, so that's where she comes from And I did like the part where Mick has the little bit of like nobody knows that he's writing stuff except for Zari, and then Zari tries to shame him, right, to admitting admitting it. And they're like, "What were you doing in there, Mick?" And he's like, "I was looking at porn. Yeah, I take my porn very seriously. (laughs) Yeah, that was fantastic."
0: That made me laugh, and the and I have to I have to nitpick one thing oh, about on. this episode. Now you know what it's like talking to you with TV shows. What? Tor- Torgamo, I love everything about Torgamo, and and the fight with the warrior princess at the end. But what I wish they had done was they literally like once again just just slashed the budget and instead of CGI. They literally like the old Godzilla movies had somebody in a rubber suit. So it was all like that, like that, like they incorporated what it was like to do a Godzilla movie in the 50s. So like somebody just showed up in a rubber suit. That's what it looked like. And it was fighting the, 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 the warrior princess. But the shots in black and white making it look like a film as he's recording it was, I thought looked fantastic. So, but I would have liked the, the, a little more of a nod to like the old 50s kaiju, kaiju movies mm-hmm. with a, with a rubber suit.
1: And lastly, of course, as the stuff going on back at the Time Bureau, Gary orders food, <laughs> that uh, that Mona girl shows up again, and she knows what's going on with all the folks that they have captured there that they just want to eat. She goes and gets them the food that they need. Uh, Biff Tannen, uh, <laughs> Nate's father, thinks that she's a new hire there, so like now she has to be, so now she's part of the regular cast, like I'd predicted. And uh unless you had mentioned uh that she's going to somehow become evil, but I don't think she's going to be evil. Right. You never know. However, I think as, she the, is. as the, the episode red-haired. is ending and they're leaving the Time Bureau, Biff Tannen says, let's make like a tree and get out of here.
0: No, he says, make like a tree and leave.
1: Oh, he does say it correctly?
0: And then Nate goes, I don't think that's how that goes. <laughs> he says... Because I actually, when he started to say it, I'm like, is he going to say it? And then they're like, no, they'd probably get sued. But uh, Well,
1: again, I think this season we're going to get a direct takeoff of a <laughs> yes. Back to the Future sort of thing where Nate has to go back to when his mom and his dad met to make sure that it happens. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to cast uh What's-His-Face, Uh where what's the- they're going to get someone who's going to play young Tom Wilson, Biff, and then they're going to get Crispin Glover to be the bully.
0: Oh, that would be great.
1: Now, again, I'm not looking at no IMDb's to see if this is actually happening or true, but they'd be fools not to do that. Do you think they could get Leah Thompson? I'm almost certain that they could get (laughs) Leah Thompson.
0: I have a feeling if they do that, Leah Thompson will be in the episode somehow. Mm -hmm. So, But yes, and then we find out that uh Biff Tannen is not just only trying to fund the Time Bureau but he thinks that these magical monsters can be controlled and maybe they'll be the Agents of Shade from the uh comics
1: so we'll have to see where that goes Joe. right because we get that little bit of a twist there at the end so yeah mm-hmm. that oh that means we're going to get Frankenstein maybe we could get
0: Frankenstein
1: mm-hmm.
0: we could get a lot of stuff we'll have to see Bride of Frankenstein.
1: I don't know. But it was a good run of TV this week, I'd say. Yes. So I guess there's nothing else to discuss, hey?
0: No, I think that's everything.
1: All right. So I'm closing out for real. Uh, episode 425, Longbox Heroes. For Todd, uh, this is Joe saying we'll see you all next week and have a happy Thanksgiving.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
1: Boop! Pick'ems. I'm here with Asa, world famous Asa.
0: Hello. <laughs> All
1: right, are you ready to do your picks? Yes, yes. Okay, this one first. Um Lions. Lions. Cowboys. Cowboys. Saints. Saints. Eagles. Oh, no. oh my goodness. Oh. What are you going to do? What
0: am I going
1: to do? Do you want a coin to flip?
0: Yeah, coin to flip.
1: All right. need that coin. I don't have any pokey coins here. It'll have to be a penny. Heads is giants. Tails is eagles. Yes. Heads. So it's giants. Jaguars. Wait. Heads is eagles. It's what are we picking for this one? Eagles. Eagles. All right.
0: Um. Jaguars.
1: Jaguars. Seahawks. Seahawks. Raiders. Raiders. Uh, 49ers. 49ers. Bengals. Bengals. Gets. Jets. Jets. Cardinals. Cardinals. Steelers. Steelers.
0: Colts. Colts. Packers.
1: Packers. Last one.
0: Titans.
1: Titans. Bye, people. All right. He's leaving. I'm opening up his Pokey Pack. Yeah! <laughs>